Hey, dude. What is going on, man? How are you? Good. Sorry about all the confusion, man. No worries, man. It happens. How's your day going? Good. Nice. How are, are you? you? I'm well, man. Thanks for asking. Are you in Phoenix today? Or, or where in the world is Kirk Van Menon? <laughs> I'm in Phoenix right now. Right on, man. Very cool. Yeah. So you're, you're home and you get to hopefully recuperate a little bit. You just got back from a big trip in Romania, right? Yeah. We uh, just brought all of our Europe uh, churches together to refresh and encourage yeah. them. And so just got back last week. So Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Sweet, man. Well, again, sorry about the confusion. Let's just kind of dive right in. Just, you know, welcome guys to this episode of Join the Song. Um, today we're hanging out with Kirk Van Manen. Um, he is the director of international church planning. That's the correct title, right? For, for the GCC, the Great Commission yeah. Collective. Yep. And um, man, tell us about that. What, is it, what, what does it mean to be the, the director of international church planning for the Great Commission Collective? Let's just kind of start there. Yeah, well, uh, my job is to encourage and equip international churches to plant churches. So uh, wow. GCC started about a year ago and uh, came out of Harvest Bible Fellowship and yeah. uh, a ministry started out of Harvest Chicago. And um, so now we are about equipping churches to plant churches. So it's sort of a new era uh, for yeah. us. Instead of us doing all the planting ourselves, we're really trying to equip churches to do that. So yeah. that's my job. That's your job, and you get to literally go all over the world and do that, man. Yeah. Like it's like I see on your Instagram and your Facebook, and and man, I, I gotta tell you. So just as a, I say this as from one brother to another, finding a headshot of you isn't the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> but man, you have some awesome photos of you just doing some really just really cool stuff, man. So I love seeing all the little stuff that the uh, the Lord's been allowing you to do. But man, let's just dive right in. Is that all right? Let's just dive right into yep. today's stuff. Um, totally. We're gonna be just really talking about the process of things, you know, that's what this podcast is really about. Just talking about the process of, you know, whether it be songwriting, the process of growing in your character, growing in your walk with the Lord, uh, growing as a church, you know, a church plant, um, you know, and, and today we're hopefully just going to be talking a little bit about just your experience as, as being a church planter and helping others plant churches. So, um, but let's just kind of dive right into your story first. Let's just kind of get a little bit of background and share with folks kind of who you are and how did you even get started doing all this? Yeah. It's interesting. Um, it was never sort of uh, my plan, um, which yeah. is the way it is normally with God. You know, you kind of have to tear down yours to be able to build his yeah. into you. Mm. And so I uh, finished college, uh, got saved when I was 26 years old, um, was being discipled at Harvest and uh, working for IBM Global Services, uh, doing kind of our international organizational development for IBM. Wow. And um, got really plugged into Harvest uh, there when it was just in Rolling Meadows, Illinois, when it was getting yeah. started. And Long time um, ago. yeah, so about 20 years ago. Uh -huh. And um, so eventually uh, just started serving more in the church and really getting involved in what the Lord was doing there. And uh, he began to sort of unwind my heart from what I was doing in the marketplace and connect mm. it more directly to the church. And I uh, just saw how he could use that and then was invited by the church to come on as their missions pastor. Um, and then that was about 18 years ago. And then um, in 2002, we started planning churches um, and Harvest Bible Fellowship was born. So it was kind of just, uh, I kind of fell into it, to be honest with you. 
Um, wow. Yeah. The, the calling wasn't kind of like this, you know, aha moment from God where it was like, okay, you're to be in this. There wasn't and, a thunderstorm um, and yeah. No, <laughs> there really wasn't. It was just, it was a heart thing. You know, God mm. just began to work in my heart and gave me a heart for his church and for what was on his heart. And mm. uh, I wanted to do that with my life. And so yeah. that's how I got started and then um, worked for Harvest Bible Fellowship until last June. Yeah. Um, and uh, we had the awesome opportunity to plant a ton of churches around the world. Um, yeah. And then uh, started with GCC, Great Commission Collective, this past fall. So it's wow. kind of my you story guys a little bit. have been hitting the ground running, man. Like you guys have been <laughs> yeah. going crazy. And yeah. I know Pastor Benny, quick shout out to my pastor. I know he's been to, a, I think, one of your, your pastor events here recently. And I guess that was one where you guys, were, that was like your big um, I guess pastor gathering that you guys had last. When was it? Last summer? Last fall? Uh, last February. La so, oh, this past February. I'm sorry. So yeah, it was this past February. More recent. Wow. Yep. So, yep. man, just tell us about the GCC. If somebody's watching, and and I know I'm sure some of us probably don't really know much about it, but you know, I know we've been talking about it's a church planning organization, and we're yep. working towards developing you know life giving churches you know all around the world. But I guess just tell us a little bit about. I guess uh, just just the the role and what what we're doing currently as as an organization with with churches around the world and um, I know yeah. if a little bit here we're going to kind of touch a little bit into you know talk about your experiences you know more internationally uh, boots on the ground but let's just talk big picture about the GCC and kind of what 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 kind of work are they doing right now? Yep. Well, it's sort of a continuation of uh, what we are committed to with Harvest Bible Fellowship, uh, committed yeah. to the same kind of churches churches. worship and quality discipleship and fervent prayer and all the things that we have always been committed to that the scriptures really talk to us about in terms of what every church should be. And um, so uh, we're committed to that. Um, but instead of the organization planting churches, uh, yeah. we used to kind of run through this process of recruit, assess, select, mm. then train church planters wow. and yeah. coach them from pre-launch to launch all the way till uh, they had their own local elders. And so we yeah. kind of run that centrally. Um, but this sort of next era, the thing that GCC is focused on is really two things, strengthening churches that are a part of GCC, um, really helping resource them and help them get established and help them think about multiplication in terms of disciples and leaders and ministries and, and help them uh, really be able to become strong. Um, mm. And uh, the ultimate goal is that they would become a church planting church. Um, so there's about 131 uh, GCC churches now in 18 countries. And um, so we have a strengthening ministry to all those churches. We do forums, we do webinars, we do um, events, uh, conferences, those kinds of things, yeah. uh, just to be able to come alongside and resource and sharpen them. Um, and then our other kind of ministry and uh, priority is to be able to identify the churches within GCC that are ready to plant a church. Um, and once they identify mm. a group of people in a particular place and then raise up a planter, then we kind of come alongside them uh, to be able to equip them to plant a new church. And we do that together. So we build all these cohorts within GCC. Okay. So we put churches together on teams um, led by a lead church who has identified a church planting opportunity. And then we resource that team to mm. be able to go after that new church plant. So. 
that's kind of what we're doing now. So strengthening and then equipping churches to plant. Strengthening um, and equipping churches. Wow. Yep. So, so that's uh, that's the main thing. Man, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your trip to Romania. You were just working with like not just churches in Romania, but all over kind of Eastern Europe. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was like a conference, are, right? Yeah. So we have 13 churches in Eastern Europe that are part wow. of GCC. And um, I needed to kind of bring them together to be able to talk about what does this next era of church planting look like? How do we uh, lead it together? How do we partner and equip each other to make sure that we're not only, um, you know, just doing our thing, but we're uh, doing the we thing part of it. Mm. And so we brought everyone together, talked through a ton of issues, um, talked through opportunities. We have four church plants that are going on in Europe right now. Um, and so, uh, we talked about as a group of churches, how are we going to resource those church plant opportunities, make sure the planters are equipped. How do we identify worship leaders for these opportunities? Um, and then how do we really, you know, nurture this work to be able to get it to launch? So, um, it was a great time. It's the first time, uh, that we've brought all the guys together in Eastern Europe, um, since GCC started. So it was just wow. it was sort of the start of a new beginning, you know, and, um, oh, cool, man. yeah, so it was good. It was yeah. a good trip. Sweet. Well, just, so let's just kind of shift gears. I wanted to kind of go over all this stuff just to kind of give us some, some platform to kind of go into some other stuff here. Um, yep. but, uh, you know, just to kind of give you a little bit back, I know we've had some conversations and just, uh, as to remind you, um, my parents were the missions directors of the church that I grew up at. So I was kind of, you know, familiar to a certain extent, maybe similar type stuff that you guys do um, yep. yeah, as uh, within your role in, in the GCC. But let's let's just kind of talk um, a little bit about your experience out on the field, man, because most of your time has been spent, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, just out, just just doing the work, man. So, um, yeah, man, I, I've never been out on the field full time personally. Um, I, I've been on, on missions trips and I'm sure many of us here have been on on short term trips. But just kind of tell us a little bit about your experiences out on the field and, and, um, and we just kind of love to just kind of, you know, unpack as maybe some of the, the ways that looking back now, how you've grown from those experiences, you know, yep. um, you know, again, we're talking about the process. We're talking about maybe even character growth, you know, that you've kind of gone through lessons that you look back on now and be like, man, you know, just things that I learned like out in the field that I wish I had, I wish there was things that I knew now that I knew back then. <laughs> um, and just kind of maybe unpack some of those for us. Wow, dude, that's like huge. Um, I know. I'm sorry. I, I scope for the big stuff, man. Let's 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 talk real. Okay, so um, yeah, you know, one of the cool things about doing international church planting is just you get to see how big God is. And yeah. um, sometimes when you're locked down in your own little space, in your own little environment, in your own culture, um, you forget how dynamic and animated God is around the world and wow. how He's working through you know, people of different nation and background and, and um, just experiences. And yet he's doing it all in such a way like he does in us, but he's doing it yeah. in such a way that um, it magnifies him and uh, makes him really big and got to see God do some pretty crazy stuff like supernatural stuff overseas wow. and um, from supernatural healings of salvation and, and people being delivered wow. from. Would you mind um, taking a moment? Just give us an anecdote. Give us just one, <laughs> one story that comes to mind that you're like, man, I remember this. It doesn't matter when or how long ago it was, but what's, what's one story that really sticks out to you? Yeah. So, um, I mean, one of the cool things that I got to see at one point was, um, I was in a Muslim country and, uh, we have a church plant over there, uh, where we are, 
Uh, it's a rough go at it, but um, the gospel is being proclaimed, Christ is being preached, disciples are being made, and I have the opportunity to go over there and encourage a bunch of them. And so we brought um, the church together, and they invited some friends, and we just um, took the opportunity to preach the gospel um, to those people. And um, so one of the cool things is about a third of the room, uh, they were still uh, Muslim background, um, mm. you know, kind of people. And um the the Lord really, I mean, dramatically opened the eyes of this one kid that was, um, he was put in a barrel um, and uh, shipped overseas to be able to get out of a situation that he had found himself in. He landed in the port in this country, arrived like a week later into this church meeting. Um, and he was fervent, you know, in his faith. And um so preach Christ and um, his eyes were like dramatically open. I mean, he came uh, up, there was a total countenance change. There was a just, uh, you could see his eyes were just like bright and eager uh, for this truth that he has just received. And uh, immediately um, he had heard that in, in Christian faith and, and uh, that when you came to Christ, that um, you were given a new name. And so mm. after the service, wow. like he comes up to me and um, I kind of unpacked with him what was going on and um, really got an opportunity to pray with him and really consider like, is this what you want to do, man? Like, do you really believe um, that Jesus came and, and died for your sin and that he's the only way? And this kid was like, yes. And he was so eager to respond. And immediately when he was done, he was like, will you name me? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, will I name you? And uh, he was like, will you name me? Um, and uh, I was like, for sure, man. And so um, had an opportunity to kind of give him a new name as he was um, brought into uh, the fold. And um, so just stuff like that, oh, you know, cool. stuff that is just, yeah, just a great reminder of how God is grafting all of us in and his kids and um, how that adoption yeah. uh, is really real. Um, yeah. And, uh, so anyway, that's just one cool story that comes to mind. Dude, um, I'm just going to give you a, a really quick anecdote before we move on, just because you kind of just shared that. And it just kind of reminded me of just a little bit of just kind of my story. So um, as I think I've told you before, I was adopted. And when I was born in Romania, um, I had a completely different name. I had a completely different huh. background. And so um, I was adopted. And so when I was adopted, I was given a completely different name, a completely different identity. So cool. And man, when uh, growing up, I struggled always a little bit with identity because of just some stuff in mm. my history. And um, finally, it just, it just, the, the principle that you're talking about right now, it's like we're new, we have a new identity in Christ. And just yeah. how real that was for this young guy that you're talking about. And that's yeah. something that I had to kind of go through in my life in a different way. But just like, man, the realization that, man, in Christ, I am a new person. I am given a new name. Yeah. And then that in that adoption process, that was something literal in my life, but as well as something kind of spiritual that happened in my life. So anyway, just hearing yeah, that is just that's like really that, that, cool. that just hits deep with me. <laughs> so I think that's really awesome. But that's man, cool, man. So you've been I mean, obviously I don't from at least from my understanding, you haven't been planning churches your whole time in ministry. Um Nope. So kind of talk to me about some of those early days. Like what was it like, man? You're working out in the corporate world, you got like this this gig that you're doing and you're like Man, you know, the Lord's obviously at the time, you know, at least from my experience with the Lord, he does things in, in process. You know, yep. he's supposed to kind of slowly kind of, you know, show us and reveal himself to us in different ways. And, and what was some of that process in your life where you were just like, 
the Lord was revealing kind of a redirection in your life and saying, hey, this is cool that you're doing this over here in the, the, in the marketplace, but I have something, something different that I'm calling you to do. What was that heart change and what was the process of that heart change like? Yeah, um, it was slow for me. Um, you know, I had never thought about ministry. I'd never thought about working full time. I always felt like that was sort of a cop out, you know, for people that couldn't make it in the world, real world, you know, they sort of ended up in ministry. Okay. And, um, yeah. and I kind of, which is totally ridiculous. Right. right. But, um, the way that I thought was, you know, my ministry is going to be, um, being able to, to just serve the church, be able to make a living in the world and then bring mm. those ties into the house of the Lord and mm. allow those to be used for God. And like, kind of redistribute the wealth of the world and back into the church. Like I just thought that was mm. going to be my thing. And um, I slowly began to uh, drift away from the uh, strong desire to, um, you know, just, just work in the world and then give to the church. And I really felt like over time, the Lord was giving me a stronger passion to be able to work um, full time for the church. And that was tough because I was making good money um, I knew that I wasn't going to have the same lifestyle. I knew that it was going to affect mm, a ton yeah. of stuff. I knew sacrifice was going to be the norm uh, and yeah, not well. the exception when I did mm. it. And, um, mm -hmm. so it was, it was a rough mm. go at it. Like I really had to consider it. I had to count the cost. I had to really wrestle with the Lord, uh, sort of the Jacob wrestling match, you know, where it was like, come on, God, like, yeah. um, I'm not going to let go of you till you bless this. And, he did. And, um, so, um, once I started like serving, uh, more regularly in the church, uh, the leadership of the church really affirmed that and really saw not only faithfulness, but some fruitfulness in that mm. season. And then, it, um, mm. extended an invitation to me. So it wasn't like a door that I tried to push open. It wasn't mm. something I tried to create or establish for myself. It was yeah. something that other people yeah. saw. Okay. Um, and then invited me to be a part of it and then qualified uh, me in terms of that calling and then equipped me to do it. So um, it, was a, it was a process for sure. Um, and it was something that the Lord did. And I can really look back on it and be like, man, God, God did that, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, he made that happen, uh, yeah. not only in my heart, but then the door that I was to serve uh, him in terms of the ministry that mm. I was to be a part of, like, it was really clear that that was from him. So that's been a cool journey for me because then I can always point back and be like, you know what, Kirk, you didn't do that. And, um, yeah, so it's so that's cool, cool how it's the way you kind of just described it as like, it was an invitation. The Lord's inviting you to come and do this, yep. you know, and you're not, you're not trying to make a way at least, uh, I'm kind of, kind of switch gears with it just a little bit. Cause we have a, we have, a, like I said, a, a few pastors who hang out with us here. A lot of us are worship leaders. Yep. And being worship leaders, you know, as artists, you know, there's, there tends to um, be a lot of striving if you're not disciplined yeah. um, for, you know, the things that this, this world kind of deems a success. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of pushing and pulling to try to kind of make what we believe in our hearts to be God's will happen. Yep. So um, just kind of unpack that like a little bit maybe in your life or just even in your experience and wisdom. Um, just, just what has it been like that, that you've seen that you can maybe relate to us of, of just that, that invitation idea of just the Lord inviting us to go with him. But, you know, it, again, that's not an idea of, um, of us trying to make something happen because in, in this world yeah. that we live in, it's so easy to try to 
Like, hey, we have this goal. We're going to make it happen. And I'm sure that yeah. even as a church planter, you have this idea in your mind sometimes. We're like, man, we want to plant a church here. We want this to happen. But at the same time, it's that balance of, yeah, we, we, can, we can make our plans, but ultimately the Lord's going to build his church. Like we may yeah. have our, our plans to, to, to see our, our church and our ministries grow and to do the things that we might have goals to do. But ultimately it's the Lord's will to do that if it's his, his will to do that, you know. But yeah. maybe talk to us from your experience and your life experience or ministry experience kind of about that dynamic. Yeah, to worship leaders. In to particular. worship leaders or just, yeah, if you Anyone. want to direct it to worship leaders or just in general. Yeah. I think that's a really good principle that maybe isn't touched on a ton. Yeah. So I think it's even more challenging for worship leaders, to be honest with you. Um, hmm. I think, um, you know, having been a part of seeing over 170 some churches with Harvest Bible Fellowship planted yeah. and seeing the primary call of that pastor, leader, shepherd guy that came in to the fellowship and was equipped. And then, um, then the looking once things kind of began for who's got, who's that, that coworker that I'm going to bring along to be able to help me in terms of uh, leading worship. And, um, um, I think for worship leaders, um, one of the things that I found a lot is, um, the rootedness is really important. Like what are you rooted in? Um, and what are you established in? And, you know, Colossians talks a lot about that and uh, in terms of being rooted in Christ and established mm. in him. And mm. I just really feel like sometimes uh, worship leaders are so creative and gifted and, um, you know, they've got this um, uber talent in terms of something that a lot of people don't have, whether it's music or, you know, um, you know, whatever it may be. So, um I think they're always gigging, you know, they're always sort of looking for um, mm. places to be able to exercise and, and, um, mm. and, and put those gifts into practice. And a mm. lot of those opportunities aren't full time to begin with in a church plant. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're kind of balancing this. Well, I've got to do this day job so that I can really uh, participate in the thing that God's primarily called me to do, which is lead people in passionate and vertical worship. Mm. And, um, and, and they're torn, you know, because they're like, man, I want to get out of this mm. and I want to be more committed and devoted to this. But mm. the door hasn't clearly opened yet because the church has to get to some sort of critical mass or some yeah. sort of stability before that guy can come on in that full time role. And, mm -hmm. and yet the guy's kind of like throwing his name out there looking for churches or opportunities mm. to be able to get into where he can exercise that gift more full time. And I just think that's a big struggle. So I always talk to worship leaders and challenge them. Hey, man, make sure you're rooted in the right stuff to begin with. You know, like mm. make sure your life is in Christ. Make sure that your identity, make sure mm. that your the fulfillment um, of who you are and um, isn't in what you do, but um, mm. is in the person that God has created you to. And then wait. Um, it's going to mm. take perseverance. It's going to take faith. It's going to take um, being tested in that, mm. um, maybe before the opportunity will come about, but just be faithful, man. Like above mm. all else, God desires faithfulness, mm. um, over fruitfulness. I really believe, mm. um, you know, it, it's like the day we stand before the Lord and the things that we want to hear from him, you know, it's not good and fruitful servant. It's good and faithful. Mm. Like, yeah, put, wow. put on that faithful apron first and be willing to humbly serve and, eat the crumbs around the table and not get um, the yeah. position or the role or the status maybe that you're looking for in terms of 
uh, leading and um, engaging, you know, in that full-time role. So I would just say, uh, be rooted in Christ, look to get established in him. Um, let the opportunity mm. appear uh, from the Lord mm. and, um, and mm. let it be an invitation to you. Mm. Um, and in the meantime, um, you know, be humble and, mm. uh, and wait and um, yet be expectant that God is going to do something and invite you to be something, part of something greater and maybe full time and um, mm. than what you're doing now. So, I think worship's tough, man. I think, um, you know, it has to happen in the church. It's what we were created for. Yeah. you got to have someone who leads it. It's normally not the first hire. Um, the, the rootedness, it's not in your um, creativity or your skill or the talent that you've got. Or, mm. um, uh, it, it's, it's really, um, it's all rooted in, in your identity in Christ. And so yeah, yeah. I think that's been a big thing for me too, just in the work. Um, it's something that I've been able to uh, really experience in this last year of a lot of transition for me. I left yeah. Chicago. I moved to Phoenix. Um, yeah. we, you know, we kind of have rebuilt and, and started a new church planting organization. And um, I think over the years, like my identity was so caught up in what I did. And mm. I found so much joy and satisfaction in the work. Um, mm. And over wow. time, just kind of slipped from being uh, identified with Christ only. And um, so this year I've had an awesome opportunity just to be able to get reestablished mm. and uh, my identity rerouted. And wow. now I'm seeing kind of the fruit of that a little bit in terms mm. of, you know, now God's sort of ready to use me again. So um, wow. I would just challenge all you guys, like be anchored to the word, man, be rooted in Christ. Um, and uh, that's your first love. And um, as you pursue that and really give priority to that, like God will open the doors that he has for you and then let other people invite you to be a part of it. Don't push your way in. Um, and, uh, and God will make a way. He knows the desires of your heart. Mm. And um, so I guess wow. that's what I would say. Dude, just, I'm like, I'm just soaking in right now. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> um, just uh, if you talk to Benny, he'll tell you I'm a processor. <laughs> so, when he and I sit in our meetings and stuff, like I'm just, I'll listen and then I'll take me a minute or two to kind of process through it. And, and man, there's just so much, so much really good stuff there that just isn't just applicable to, to us worship guys, but to, to every follower of Christ, you know? Yep. Um, man, the, our God is the God of the unseen. You know, he is not a God who's going to um, <laughs> be, uh, you know, pushing you always forward in the spotlight, all the work that he wants to do wants to be done in the, the quiet and the secret place. And just you telling your story yeah. about how this transition that you've been going through in the past months, man, just thank you for being so raw and honest with us and saying that, yeah, like that takes a, sure. a certain level of, <laughs> uh, I guess, uh, I guess, strengthen your identity in Christ to be able to say that. So I, I just, just want to encourage you and, that, man, for sure. And time. It takes time. <laughs> You know, um, it's been a process, which has been really cool. Um, a verse that I've been going back and back uh, to over and over is um, from Zechariah 4, 8, where, um, you know, you have uh, Zerubbabel and he's like, you know, he's now governor of Jerusalem. And God's yeah. like, man, you're not going to build, you're going to rebuild. And wow. all the distractions that were around the city in terms of people trying to oppose and uh, people speaking 
um, about, you know, why are we rebuilding? And I don't mm. get this whole thing, you know, I mean, it's one mm. thing to build something. It's another thing to rebuild something. And, mm. um, you know, I love the words that came to him where God says, um, you know, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, wow, says yeah. the Lord. And uh, I just feel like that's something God's really teaching me. Like um, mm. when you're living in the spirit and when mm. you're walking in the spirit and when the spirit's going before you doing the work, He's animating everything else. He's exciting it again. He's strengthening mm. the work through you. Um, and, and you don't have to come up with it on your own. And um, wow. I just, I want more of that, you know, like what, yeah. what is that total surrender look like mm. where you're just, um, yeah, really captured by the spirit and um, being led by him and then seeing him work through you. And, um, and I think that's where, then he raises you up and he identifies the place and the time and the people that you're to lead and, and influence and, yeah. um, and help get established too. But um, like you said, he tests your faithfulness. He tests yeah. your, um, tests your, uh, your ability to, <laughs> man, I can only imagine. I mean, I was just, this reminds me of a conversation I was having with John Gear on a podcast a couple of days ago. And um, we were talking about um, just how, as you, continue your your longevity and your journey with the lord you you learn more and more how to how to trust him yeah and you have more and more of that relationship and and yeah the, many times you'll kind of mess up and you'll fall down and you'll be like you know you'll you'll take things back but he's still there just consistent you know yeah um yes and uh it just um just this this journey that you're talking about is just reminding me of just things in my own life of just um just uh as i've been going through the past few years, even this recent season of life of just being like, um, just having my, my relationship with the Lord stretched and tested and just get the Lord saying, Hey, are you going to trust me with this? And it might be something small and to, to my mind, maybe superficial, but it's just the Lord saying, Hey, are you going to trust me? And like every little bit is a stretch of, are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me? And, um, and, uh, to the point where like, you're just, you're just letting go and just hearing yeah. you kind of, tell about this as somebody who does the kind of work that you do it's encouraging to guys like myself <laughs> many of us others to just be like wow you know you know guys yeah. who have been an instrumental in planning you know churches all over the world you know they're still yeah. grounded in this and they're still walking with the lord through the process of this daily and so thank you for sharing that it's an encouragement yeah. to me and i'm sure to to many others but let's cool. just kind of take i want to be respectful of your time um i want to just kind of take a little bit of a turn here um and just kind of say um just what's been your experience just working with with worship guys around around the world, man. Um, you know, most we we have a few folks from Ireland and different places like that in this group who are just you know hanging out with us here, who lead worship different places in the world. But just what's your experience been like? You know, just you know working with worship leaders and ser who serve their churches in different parts of of the globe, and just just yeah. maybe some cultural things that you've seen, and what are perhaps some lessons that us as you know, just, you know, just guys in the U.S., <laughs> what, what kind of lessons can we be taking from that, you know? Yeah, I mean, you guys are an interesting breed. Um, you yeah, are... Um, Tell Benny, I drive him nuts all the time. <laughs> you, uh, there's so much passion uh, in you guys um, and emotion, and, um, you know, I just think that's how God's wired you guys, and, mm -hmm. um, and, which is really be able is, is cool to be able to see um, you, you kind of get the head a lot of times from the pastor, some emotion, but you get that yeah. um, the fullness of um, 
the body, soul, and mind, and spirit in the worship leader a lot of times. And I, I just think you guys are uniquely gifted and equipped and enabled guys uh, by the Lord to be able to lead his church forward. Yeah. And um, I would say that, um, man, um, you know, we've already hit on it. Identity is a big thing for a lot of the worship leaders I talk to. It doesn't matter what culture you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're when you're on stage, when you're up constantly in front of people, there's a sensitivity and uh, and an anxiousness and a um, that that sometimes worship leaders have in terms of how am I being received or how am I being mm-hmm. perceived or um, you know do I look the part mm-hmm. and um, you know I, I think the heart's the most important thing. I mean, Rory Nolan talks a lot about that, right? In the heart mm-hmm. of the worshiper and the heart of the artist and the books and, and teachings that he's done. But yeah, um, I would say the heart's the main thing, man. Like get your heart right and get your heart set and uh, on Christ. And um, so I would say that's the first thing. I, the other thing I would say is um, to a worship leader, like use your culture, the culture that you came out of, the environment that you were born into, the experiences that you've had, like bring that into um, how you're leading, whether it's in terms of musicality or uh, in terms of um, just reinventing kind of what a traditional worship service or package kind of looks like. Bring in as many creative elements as you can, obviously, that are pointing to uh, the one that we're uh, worshiping. But uh, I would say um, don't neglect that creativity. Mm. Um, I would say um, equip. Don't just be a doer, but be an equipper. Mm. Um, I think one of the things that I've found a lot in some of the worship leaders I've had the opportunity to work with is um, they take a lot on themselves. And Mm. I just feel like one of the roles that Um, I've been able to help a lot of worship leaders in is just how to be able to um, equip others for the work of ministry and um, how to understand how to be bring the best out of people and equip them to be able to do it. So I would say Mm -hmm. um, get your heart right, get your identity set, um, bring as much creative you can into the process um, and into the experience for people in terms of worship and then do it through others, you know, like Mm. um, make sure that teams is a big focus uh, mm. For you, go out and find young um, worship people that you can disciple. Mm. Um, you know, at Harvest, we talked a lot about um, the theologian over the performer or, mm. uh, you know, sort of the the heart of the artist over kind of that, um, the just the leader role up front and stuff. So yeah. I would say be grounded in your theology, really understand what worship is, make sure you unpack mm. that. Um, really well before you dive into it. Um, keep your heart set. Be super creative. Use your culture and your environment. Like, mm. be relevant, anchored to the word, of course, and then mm. uh, equip others. So, um, do more through others, I think. Mm. Um, wow. And yeah, uh, build teams, layer leadership, um, spend time discipling your AV and your production and your you know, music teams and, um, you know, be a disciple maker in the process. Um, I think sometimes we can get so focused on that Sunday morning experience that Mm. we forget there's a whole uh, six other days that um, we can just be pouring into in terms of what worship really looks like um, to the, to the teams that we're leading. So Mm. those are some things that I would say. And then, um, and get some men around you that will speak some truth into your life. 
Mm, and um, yeah. open yourself up to that. Like be willing to hear and get feedback and um, mm. get truth poured into you. Uh, have someone that can hold up the mirror to you and be like, dude, mm. like Eric, you got to work on this. And mm. um, um, don't be overly sensitive um, yeah. and uh, worried about all that. Just, um, wow. yeah, as, as God changes you, he's going to change people's hearts in the congregation to be able to worship. Mm. And they're going to see that in your life. And uh, that's a mm. big part of witness and testimony for the worship leader is being people being able to see him grow or her grow in wow. terms of their capacity to worship. So, wow. um, yeah, yeah. kind of goes back to the old saying, like, God cares more about what he does in you than what he does through you. So yeah. um, the best work uh, in terms of worship is the work that he's going to do in you. Wow. And that'll come out in the way that you lead and the way that you mm. sing and the way that you call people um, into that worship experience. So, yeah, just reminds me again, how completely opposite God's economy is to yeah, know, what our expectations are, but so cool, yep. man, such good stuff. So as we wrap up, man, how can we be praying for you? How can we be encouraging you in this season? I know <laughs> you are all over the place and man, what yeah. can we be doing to encourage you? Um, <clears throat> I guess in a couple of weeks I'm headed over to Uganda um, so you wow. can be praying for that. I'm going to bring all of our East and Central and West African Dude. churches together. And wow. um, we're going to be... My dad be, came uh, back from there literally a week ago. But anyway. Serious? Seriously. He was over there. He led a team out there for 10 days. There was a medical trip that they were leading out there. Oh, but, wow. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. So you're going yeah, out there. Where, so, in, where in Uganda are you going to be? Uh, I'll be in Kampala. Okay. So right. we're going to be bringing everyone into Kampala for that. So be wow. in prayer for that. We're really looking for... Uh, the spirit to move for hearts to be united and for churches to be equipped. So you can be praying for that. Okay. Um, I think also um, as my wife, Grace and I just are continue to get established out here in a local church. Yeah. Um, it's uh, I'm not, uh, you know, one of the interesting things, not being a part of harvest Bible fellowship, but now being a part of great commission collective is when I was a part of harvest Bible fellowship, the church that we were planting out of is the church that I worshiped in. And so oh, wow. um, it was sort of like my yeah. worship walk work was like in one, oh, one, one place. place. And uh, now it's different, you know, like I go mm. to a church um, like all of you guys probably that aren't in full-time ministry yet. And, um, and, and just looking to be able to, you know, find my place there and really, um, you know, be discipled and disciple mm. others and really help a church get established there. And, um, and then my work is kind of separate than that now. So you can just be praying that as Grace and I continue to get established out here in Phoenix, that we'd yeah. be a blessing to the church that we're a part of and the people that we're uh, doing life with out here. Uh, it's an exciting yeah. season for that. So just pray for my family in regard to that. Yeah. And then um, lastly, you know, you can pray for GCC as we uh, yeah. equip churches. We have about 20 churches right now that are in the process of being planted. Um, and uh, so it's going to grow significantly over the next year. Um, wow. And then a bunch of new churches that are going to be coming in uh, to GCC that really have a heart to begin the process of planting new churches. Wow. Uh, headed the Stand Firm Conference in September um, with Tim Chalice and Al Moeller and uh, Robbie Simons and Crawford Loritz wow. and some guys to be able to really encourage some churches um, up there uh, north of us. And so... Yeah. Uh, just pray for the work, you know, that God has entrusted to us here at GCC, mm. that God would continue to bless that and keep us on track and um, yeah. keep doing the right stuff, you know? Yeah, man. Just, I just so, want to say thank you to you and just all the work that you yeah, guys are doing, man. For Thanks sure. for just staying faithful. Thanks for doing yep. the stuff that you're doing. Just, I know a, 
it may not seem like it all the time when you're out there doing it, but I know that there's many of us who appreciate the work that you're doing. And I also appreciate you just taking the time to hang out with us today. So yeah. thank you for doing that. And um, well, I guys, appreciate he, you, man. Like I'm oh, hearing awesome wow. stuff about you, Eric. Thank you. And, uh, I just hope that you continue to, um, you know, keep your heart set in the right mm-hmm. place and wow. uh, keep being faithful and love that you're doing this, pulling and uniting worship leaders together on topics yeah. and creating community for that. So the Lord, um, bless you, man. Like, and all of you guys who are listening, like bless the work of your hands and praying mm-hmm. that God would really establish you guys and strengthen you and by his spirit, he would do it all. And so wow. um, love you guys and, and uh, keep keeping the church, the main thing. That's you right. Know, it it is the plan. It is the promise. It is the thing that's declaring God's glory to the unseen world and the seen world. It is mm-hmm. the thing that's the culmination of everything uh, that Christ came to establish and that He's going to establish now through our hands. The thing that He's building, like be yeah. about the church mm-hmm. and um, get that church to be being made beautiful um, mm. for the for the return of the groom. Uh, wow yeah and uh yeah be looking for that day man keep eternity like right in front of you that eternal mindset and heart for um what's to come and uh that'll help you lead in the church today to bring eternity into the church and right now so yeah. um love all you guys love you eric keep doing Appreciate this great it, work like and um we'll be we'll catch up you. with you soon man likewise thanks yeah, again for your totally. time and you guys okay. have any questions feel free to shoot uh kirk a message or an email i'm sure he'd be happy to get back to when he has time And then likewise, if you have any questions for me or anything like that, don't hesitate to reach out. Love to chat with you guys. Love you all. Again, Kirk, thanks for your time, man. We'll catch up soon. Okay. Talk to you guys. Bye-bye.